It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni, Will Bryan, and Darren Gant. Welcome to the Happy Half Hour podcast. It's your friends, Will, Darren, and Kristen, along with producer Matt. And uh, as we have a lot to get to, we are going to talk about the preseason, what we've seen in the first two games, what we expect to see on Friday night against the Steelers. We're going to wrap up anything outstanding from training camp. But first, we got to talk about the roster moves that have been coming, what feels like fast and furious over the last few days. The front office has been busy, which means the two of you and the Panthers website have been busy. I have the Nodi gang on. They call it the Nodi gang yeah. out on the internet. So Darren is very much at the top of my Nodi gang. I get notifications from Darren a lot. Yeah. And that means I have to drop everything. If you see, if you see Darren when, when I see When I see Darren, <laughs> I message incoming. It's like, here we go. It's, uh, yeah, it's been that kind of week. I mean, I, I laughed. I walked out of the house this morning with my shirt on inside out. <laughs> And it's just the way this week's been spinning. I mean, it's just that kind of week. I mean, but there's a lot of stuff going on. I yeah. mean, you know, you wake up and it's like, oh, by the way, Robbie Anderson, three-year extension. And, oh, by the way, you know, they've traded Denzel Pearman. It just keeps coming, and it's going to be that way for the next couple of days. Absolutely. So so there were cutdowns. If we go back to, to this week, in addition to the team practicing on the field, coming off of the second preseason game on Saturday, getting ready for the third preseason game on Friday, the moves that have been made is a – roster was cut down slightly uh, as you said Denzel Perryman traded to the Raiders that happened Robbie Anderson contract extension and then also another move of note that we're certainly paying attention to is is bringing in a kicker so it's and, a lot <laughs> yeah there's a lot of stuff going on and, and I mean you feel terrible for Joey Sly because you can just hear it in talking to Matt Rule and the guys on the staff I mean everybody likes Joey everybody believes that Joey has the ability to be the guy but he hasn't been the guy lately and it's like as much as we love you you got to go make some kicks and he's been struggling with that a little bit lately it was interesting to me yesterday hearing Matt repeatedly refer to it as a slump this little lull he's in, it's a slump, and it's almost like they're trying to talk Joey out of it. Do you guys think, I always think about pro sports and the positions that are so dependent on on being even-keeled or so mentally taxing, right? And every position, I just, of course, goes without saying, if you make it to the professional level, every position is is has demands in its own way, right? Mm-hmm. But when you think about an, an NFL kicker, where does that rank with, like, hockey goalie or or soccer goalie in terms of when you get into as as Matt Rule referred to Joey Sly's slump you've really got to dig yourself it's almost more of a mental thing he knows how to kick sure so where where does that rank in terms of all of the pro sports in terms of pressure filled positions it's got to be as high as anything because if you think about a golfer when his putter leaves him for a little bit it's just him Mm -hmm. and when you're a kicker and you miss a field goal all of a sudden you have 21 other people out there on the field who hate you suddenly because all the work they've put into it and that just adds to the pressure that's on you in that moment well and and if you go out for the the field goal or extra point or whatever it is like there's nothing else going on you know what i mean like it's the moment that uh that everyone in the stadium is looking at you that everyone on on both teams are looking at you and I just hats off to anybody because that just is like that feels like a bad dream to mm-hmm. me anyone that can do it at that level it's it's incredible and it's a numbers game you know if you're a quarterback or if you're a lineman you go out you make a bad throw it's just awful you know yeah okay it, now it's third down right. you know 
this guy, you're, you're, when you're a kicker, you got maybe one, two, or three shots no during a game. There's, you're not yeah. going to get a lot of chances to, to make a mistake and then to correct the mistake and make a good play after yeah. it. You're just, you, you only got a couple times. Chase Blackburn said yesterday, he's like, we're expected to be at our very best every time we walk on the field. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's literally no margin of error for those guys. It's a make-miss business. And, you know, when you get below that 80% line, people are going to start looking for replacements. And, you know, it's a, it's a cold business but it's I think part of it too I mean you talked about Joey's approach I talked to him back this summer about working with a sports psychologist in the mental approach to it he's a meticulous guy anyway I mean Joey Sly is the kind of kicker who can tell you well I was off four centimeters on Mm -hmm. my approach you know I mean it's just so granular the way he looks at this so when one thing goes wrong I think there's sometimes a cascading effect that just kind of builds and builds and builds and and it's a shame and you you would hope for the kid's sake I mean Joey's good kid you hope he gets his problem worked out and yep. gets back on track, whether it's here or someplace else. But, you know, they're they're not going to wait around forever. So we'll likely see uh, Joey Sly in this third and final preseason game. It feels, still feels weird to say third and final preseason game. Uh, as well as uh, other position battles, uh, we're going to see the starters play in the first half. And then we'll mm-hmm. see the, the backups, some of the guys that are fighting for spots, whether it's on the Panthers roster or potentially, you right. know, maybe another team. We'll see them more so in the second half. At least that's the latest that we're hearing. What have you guys thought of the first two preseason games and then anything else from training camp that we haven't gotten to? You know, I think, and it's been kind of, it's almost a takeaway from those joint practices as much as the games. I mean, I we saw in Spartanburg against the Ravens, we saw in Indianapolis against the Colts, Panthers just aren't as deep as those guys. Yeah. But those two teams are a lot more stable in the front office. You know, they haven't gone through the kind of changes the Panthers have gone through the last year and a half. So they're a couple years ahead in terms of the roster building. And that shows up when the twos are practicing against the twos and the threes against the threes. You know, both those teams had advantages there. But I think, you know, when I've seen, when you've watched the Panthers starters, they were playing even on defense. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Panthers starting defense was having a day in Indianapolis and had a real day against the Ravens that second day of the joint practices there. And I mean, the five picks on the final day of camp, I mean, it was just like, whoa, there goes another one and another one. And and a lot of those were with starters on the field. I I think that's where they've made up the margin a little bit this year and, and it's getting closer. Now, I hesitate putting too much into preseason results. I mean, I love the fact that the Ravens have won 19 straight preseason (laughs) games because obviously they're outstanding. But uh, that, to me, speaks to that depth that they've Mm. built over the years. And when you've got twos and threes that can actually play football, it helps you in situations like that. But, yeah, I don't think the Panthers are quite there yet, but there are at least tangible signs of progress, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I, I think you look at this draft class and, you know, that that's where it starts. You know, you have a really, really good draft class, at least on paper so far mm-hmm. from what we've seen, you know, from top to bottom. You've got, uh, you know, guys at the top of this draft. Brady Christensen's played the most snaps of mm-hmm. anyone. Um, you know, obviously J.C. Horn's a guy out there. Terrace Marshall Jr., uh, you know, down to Chuba, down to, you know, even Phil Tommy Hoskins. Tremble. Yeah, Tommy Tremble. You know, all, all of these guys kind of. Uh, end to end in this draft class, and that's where you start building that that depth of all right. Now your second team guy is a legit dude, you know, here from the sixth or seventh round. Now your your practice squad guys are are ready to go, you know, as you kind of build year over year. Well, and and just talking to to Joe Brady earlier today, he was talking about the ability of having this preseason and being able to get those rookies comfortable mm-hmm. and to show them that hey, I can play in the NFL. 
you know, and he said it's just been a, a point of pride to to see the games that Terrace has had, yep. to be able to get Tommy going, you know, see how he's doing out there. And, and f- for as much as of evaluation purposes for him and the coaching staff, but also for these young guys. And remember now they were all uh, defensive players last year, but but no opportunity for those guys, mm-hmm. uh, those rookies last year to come in and and be able to feel confident. Um, and I think that that's something, well, as you said, that's really developed in this preseason with a lot of those rookies. And I mean, you can hear it. I was talking to Shy yesterday here in his voice. The confidence is building because of what they've been able to show in these two preseason yeah, that's, games. That's been another one of those big takeaways. I mean, you think back to 11 draft picks. I mean, that's a load. And out of that 11, probably nine or 10 are going to make the 53-man roster. And five or six of them have just jumped off the page in the preseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, Terrace Marshall and Chuba have made those big splash plays. And those guys aren't going to be starters in the regular season unless somebody gets hurt. But they, you know, having that kind of ability in reserve, it's like, okay, you can work with that. I mean, Brady Christensen and Deontay Brown have looked really good in the mm-hmm. first two preseason games. And, you know, Trimble has a touchdown. There's other guys guys here and there that stand out and it's kind of like and oh by the way jc horn <laughs> you know and we, it's nice to have an oh right. by the way yeah. yeah it's good to have that but that just speaks to where he is exactly. as a player too mm-hmm. because it's like we don't even think of him through the lens of oh yeah rookie cornerback because from the day he walked in the door it's like rookie doesn't really exactly. apply to exactly exactly mm-hmm. i mean because then you look at Starters played essentially a series over the last two preseason games, and I've thought the same thing from time to time. I forget to put JC into that rookie class yeah. mentally a yeah. couple of times because he's, you know, if, if the starters aren't dressed out, he's not dressed out. He's, he's, you know what I mean? It's just, um, you're right. It's, he came in with such a high bar, and from everything mm-hmm. we've seen, has lived up to that in a big way. And it's also the way he carries himself, and of course, you know, his dad's influence. But it's like, oh, yeah, he is a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> we actually haven't seen him. <laughs> play in a in a regular season game yet but boy he could fool you with his poise and confidence and and what he's been able to do um against uh, the other teams in those joint practices um will do you have a stat of the week for us 60 percent of the time it works every time stat of the week I do. While we're talking about rookies, yes. How about my man Chuba? Mm-hmm. Chuba. That's make, the new. That's I'm the gonna, new. That's going to be the new Bank of America. I'm going there. Well, Mick Mick wants it to be like tub thumping. You know, like Chumbawamba. He's like Chuba Hubbard, and then every time that he gets knocked down, he gets back up again because ah. he's never going to get me down. I see. Okay. I see where it's going. Yeah. yeah. yeah I yeah, didn't yes. wake up this morning expecting a Chumbawamba reference. There but you here go. We go. Chuba Hubbard. So Chuba got a couple stats for him. He currently leads the NFL with 6.0 yards after contact per rush. I like that you went 6.0. I imagine someone's at like 5.9 or 5.8. but like exactly (laughs) 6.0. Now, a lot of that had to do with that one big run in Indy where he just emerged out of that pile to go 59 yards. Great run. But, I mean, he is making people fall off of him. He's yep. he's initiating contact and he's bursting through it, you know, and a 3-yard run becomes a 6-yard run. Those are those are qualities of an NFL running back. And with Christian not, you know, probably not playing much at all on Friday, right. you're going to see Chuba again and I think that he's really emerged of kind of like who's who's the guy behind Christian? I mean, as of right now, it it feels a lot like Chuba now, Certainly you know, looks that yeah. way, especially with as many guys hurt at that position. I yep. mean, it's one of those worst of the football cliches, but that whole best ability is availability. Mm-hmm. You know, Rodney Smith, Reggie Bonifant's been dinged up and not been practicing or, or playing much lately. So it's like, all right, Chuba, you get more reps, and he's made the most of them.
Well, and and we you know had the opportunity to see going back to to the ability to have these preseason opportunities, um, you know, trying to get into the end zone last week and, and not being able to quite do it. And I feel like that's the kind of thing you want. I mean, of course, you would prefer him to be able to power his way in there. I feel like that's the kind of stuff you want to happen in the preseason. You take it as a, a learning opportunity. We'll see what he does mm-hmm. with all of this time that we assume that he's going to get in this third preseason game and then, and then how it translates into the regular season. So he's 90 scrimmage yards away from the Panthers preseason scrimmage yards record. Now, who keeps the Panthers preseason scrimmage yards records? This guy. He's raising his hand. This is an audio (laughs) medium, Will, I would like to remind you. I love that you have the Panthers preseason scrimmage yards. And for everybody listening. there's usually four games. Yeah, Yeah, for everybody listening, Will was like jumping up in the air for the theater of the mind. He was jumping up in the air Two hands pointing at himself. Yes. So uh, the previous record holder was uh, some guy I've never heard of. I think his name was Christian something. He did it in 2018, (laughs) actually. Name doesn't ring about. And that was mostly just because he bursted at for like an 80-yard run on the first play against Miami and then sat for the rest of the preseason. But anyway, he's 90 yards away from breaking Christian's scrimmage yards record that he set that preseason, and he can do it in just three games. I feel a tweet coming on from Panther Stats. Well, I, if, I think if, if he has a big game, I, I think there's some sideline reporting to be done. On on the, the stats the, the stats that don't matter. You got to send me. You got to send me the actual. I want to make sure I get the six right. You know, I don't want anyone to think it's a six point one or anything like that. You'll have to write down those numbers for me, so of I can course. make sure to report them. I, I do want to to talk about that a little bit um, with the preseason because I feel like we haven't had a chance to get into it. We have a new broadcasting crew um, for the TV preseason broadcast. Hope uh, you all are able to watch them or listen on the radio if you are not here in person. Um, I'm working with Taylor Zarzer and Steve Smith, another name people may or may not have heard of in this building. Um, and I just thought, you know what we try to do here on Happy Half Hour is take people behind the scenes. And I thought I was like, gosh, I haven't really talked about getting to work with Steve. Um, and I mean, guys, no surprise. It's, it's delightful. It's just delightful. What a, just what a great guy, you know, growing up Panthers fan and then not being here. I got here, uh, last year, uh, April of last year. So of course we did not overlap. Um, whereas Will, you might have, and Darren, certainly you have in, in your career. So I, I did not know him aside from, um, you know, we briefly did something for schedule release um, and, you know, just here and there saying hello. And it's just been an absolute pleasure to work with both Taylor and Steve. And I got to say, I, I know that this I'm not trying to say this as a cliche at all, but like the most professional, hardworking, wants to, you know, wants to be early, wants to know the the nitty gritty of everything is like, hey, we should do a, you know, a dinner for this. And then how how about this? And I like, really wants to know all the ins and outs of every little thing. So prepared, kind, um, has great stories, as, <laughs> as we all know, or, or might assume. But man, you would think, I guess maybe this is the best way to say it. I should have gotten around to this in a more succinct way earlier, but I'm processing it all as well. We just came from a meeting. You would think he was um, an analyst trying to break into the business with the way that he works. And that doesn't surprise anyone that watched him play or followed his career. You would not think he was a, a future Hall of Famer with the way that he approaches everything because it's just he's so meticulous and consistent and professional and um, and just a delight to be around. Yeah, and and he I, I've always loved about Steve that he's so curious. He wants to learn yes. about the world and he wants to learn about whatever he gets into, whether it's broadcasting or finance or football or whatever it happens to be. Steve just goes all in and wants to bore down to the bedrock and see every granular piece of the 
business and figure it out. So that's why, I mean, I, I hope, you know, we've, we're in a position where we can see Steve behind the scenes. I hope the people on the other side are picking up on how much fun he's having. Oh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think they are. Yeah. I get the impression that people are digging this as much as he's digging doing it. But he's just having such tremendous fun right now. And just being 89, which is a pretty cool thing to be. If you had an opportunity to be Batman, I guess you would. But if not, 89 would be an all right thing to be. But he's just having a blast. And you can tell on the broadcast. But, I mean, he could come in and, and read the phone book on the broadcast, and mm-hmm. everyone would be like, that's amazing. But he just he works so hard at it, and like you said, he's he's enjoying it so much. And just a, what, a, what a delight to get to work with him and to get to know him better. How many times have you just laughed out loud on the sideline when he just says something? Oh, quite something, a bit. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 like, yeah. Everyone's looking like, why is Kristen laughing over there on the 20-yard line? I also have a bad um, – this is, might be a little too inside baseball, but I have a bad uh, – our executive producer, David Langton, is sitting in here as well, so he'll, he'll know that I do this. I don't want to laugh alone, so sometimes I'll hit my producer button on my microphone, and I'm like, oh, that was so funny. You know, they're okay. Or, your producer's working as well, right. but I don't – I'm down there by myself laughing, and I need someone to say, oh, my gosh, how funny was that? You know, so I'll hit my – you guys heard that, in the right? midst of a, you know, there's a, there's a second and whatever out on the field, but I just, I need someone else to, maybe I'll text you, Will, the next time it happens. Right, but there's there's like some false start and, you know, everyone's like all serious. And I'm like, and how funny was that? Over Steve was oh, great. man, that was hilarious. <laughs> I don't do it all the time, but every once in a while, you just need someone, you need someone to, to laugh with. But yes, plenty of times. <laughs> um, Darren, you said you had a thought of, about the preseason schedule, and I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm assuming that it will qualify for your get-off my lawn moment of the week based on the way you sold it to me. I think it's probably fair. I think it's probably just time for preseason football to go away. I mean, it's not until they can replace the revenue and the games have a utility and I get it and that this is where some guys make roster spots and all that kind of stuff. But for starting players in the NFL, it's just useless anymore. And I mean, I've heard so many people carp about, oh, Sam Darnold's only played seven snaps. So what? Sam Darnold's played probably 120 snaps of practically live football against the Colts and the Ravens. So he's going to go out there Friday night against the Steelers who aren't playing starters because they've played four preseason games already. And it's like, what does this actually mean? So, I mean, I, I think people have gotten hung up. The, the NFL is such a it's such a creature of habit that people are used to four preseason games. Now, all of a sudden, there are three, and nobody knows what exactly to do with them. And if you look around, I mean, listen, Matt Stafford's not going to take a snap in the preseason, and he's on a brand-new team in Los Angeles. And all these other quarterbacks are just not going anywhere close to the field. And I get that Sam is not the same as Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But – I I just think it's so overrated the difference between what happens on the field in a joint practice and what happens during a preseason game when the lights are on and it happens to be on TV. I think if there was a way to monetize joint practices and Mm -hmm. broadcast them to people, I could see those taking the place of preseason football because the work that teams are able to get done is so much better. Well, I was going to say, so you're commissioner... Yep. Darren Gant, yep. what is your ideal solution? My ideal, televised joint practices. Here we go. We're gonna we're gonna televise joint practices. Everybody gets two quote unquote home appearances. You get to have a joint practice in one of them, and then build a concert into it. Have a portable stage, and <laughs> yeah. like Darius Rucker comes sure. out oh, and plays for forty five minutes after the joint practice is over. That's gonna be huge. People would come out and watch that. And the other one is you know more of an inner squad sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, almost like a 
fan fest situation and same thing you got to build entertainment to it you got to do something to create revenue you know again the the Darius Rucker have a concert idea has always been in the back of my head for this kind of thing but you know the stuff we saw in Indianapolis the stuff we saw in Spartanburg against the Ravens was so much better than most of the stuff we yeah. see during a preseason game, and you see guys flying around and stuff. I mean, the Davion Nixon two-interception day in training camp, I wish more people would have been able to see that and right. how those guys reacted and how you know excited and jumping around that defense was seeing those guys make play after play after play. And we've, I mean, we've gotten to the point where fans can be there, fans can watch it. Yeah. Most of this stuff gets filmed and gets posted on social. Like, you know, we're expanding that kind of, you know, practice is this thing that you're not supposed to see. Yeah. And you're expanding more and more into this is entertainment this is this is a much bigger thing and if you go to panthers.com you can read a recent article by darren where he tells you where darius rucker can play his concert in 2023 in the new rock hill development that's right man Look at that plug. He could could get out there in the park. They could open up the pavilion and have Mm -hmm. that 80-foot sliding glass door opening up to a backstage area and that kind of stuff. Yeah, Rock Hill is pretty amazing. I'm a big kid. I like walking around looking at giant construction equipment as much as the next guy. Did you wear a construction hat? Yeah, I wore my hard hat and my yellow vest. Thankfully, there are no photographs of that. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, it's a huge. I mean, you walk out there and, A, you see the size of the structure itself. And it's like, okay, this thing's massive. You're going to be able to see this from the interstate as soon as they cut down a few more trees. or And they've tried to leave as many trees as they can and have a little bit of a buffer. But when you just pull through that clearing and it's like, Wah. it's like this mm-hmm. Death Star coming up out of the ground in Rock Hill. It's going to be a massive complex. And once it's finished, it's going to be, it's going to be the kind of thing that Rock Hill's never seen. I mean, and Mark Hart talked about it the other day. Rock Hill's always built itself as Football City USA when now you, you're going to have a world-class NFL facility there that's got all the extra bells and whistles to add to their local tradition. I love it. I absolutely love it. I haven't been down there yet, so I'm getting all my news on Rock Hill from Panthers.com. I want to wrap up with a quick, weird question, if we can. So in the second preseason game, I was talking to Jermaine Carter um, and asking about him, you know, the young guys that have impressed you. And we were talking about J.C. Horn. And he said, um, he said he's he's great. And I have started calling him Big Straps because he does the seatbelt. And I said, do you mean like Big Seatbelt Straps? And he said, yes. And I said, well, that's now his nickname. That's now his official nickname. So I want to know: A, do you guys like it? And B, what's uh, what's your official nickname? I like. It. I like. I big straps. straps is great. Big right? You should put him next to Big Snacks. That's oh yeah. There you go. There you go. The big snack. I like it. I see what you did there. But I mean, yeah. And the other thing about that is with him, the seatbelt thing has yeah. caught on. I mean, yes. you see other guys in practice doing it, and he's infectious, man. He's got an energy about him. So yeah, I'm 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 down with Big Straps. That works for me. I like it. All right. So, what's your nickname, Darren? I don't know. Can one give oneself a nickname? Are you, just, are have you, you never been called a nickname T-bone before? Situation? DG? Are we? Yeah. Going have you that? never called? Have you never been called a nickname? I highly doubt that. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's for another episode. I, we've yeah. already got one DG in the department, and Daniel Goldfarb. So I can't be. I, you know, I told him he was the OG DG. So <laughs> we'll let him have that one for now. All right. Maybe we'll we can get some that. some user submissions. Yeah. For Darren. How about that tweet? The commish apparently. Tweet us your your nickname for Darren. Yeah, well, I said the commish after the new, he's got the whole preseason figured out. Will, you got one before we go? Uh, I used to be called Chucky Will. That's right. I 
Yeah, remember that from yeah. from podcast season two, I think. Yeah, Chucky will. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll leave it with that one. All right, and I'm Alex KB. It's yeah, the it's the it's the easiest. It's just the initials. But yeah, let us know your suggestions for Darren's nickname. We will definitely get to those on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Half Hour podcast. We'll see you next time.